0: Welcome to Still Scared, Talking Children's Horror. I'm your co-host, Adam Wybray, alongside my co-host, Wren Wednesday. And today we've got a very special guest with us, Alex Ava, to talk about children's animated horror spectacular over the garden wall. Enjoy!
1: Good evening Adam. Hello. And good evening Alex. Hi. <laughs> Joined up by the power of a Discord group call. Um Yeah, it's has uh, got a guest on this show to talk about Over the Garden Wall. Um which is very exciting. Um so one of our most loyal listeners. So Over the Garden Wall is a cartoon network miniseries from 2014. Uh, It consists of 10 episodes, each about 10 minutes long, and it follows two brothers, Wirt and Greg, as they travel through a mysterious wood called The Unknown, trying to find their way home. Um, As you suggested this, Adam, so how did you come across it? Oh, oh,
0: I'd be asking. (laughs) Ain't, ain't, Ain't that just the way? (laughs)
1: That's going to be my get
0: out clause Just quoting Greg saying Ain't that just the way Um, I don't know the answer to something
1: Um, I mean did you watch it When it was first
0: I remember my friend Naomi um, Got me to watch the first two episodes And Mm. um, I quite liked it And then I completely forgot about it Um, (laughs) So uh, Naomi was Absolutely right that it would be to my tastes um, And then it slipped my mind Mm. and I, I came back to it, and I, I just sort of remember... I wasn't quite sure if it was a, a kind of kid's show or not, so I think I'd passed over choosing it for a few weeks, really, because um, I wasn't mm. sure if it counted. But um, I think I'm think i very sure it does now.
1: Yeah. Um, it's just turned up quite recently on um, European Netflix, so... Uh, <laughs> It's a good time to get back into it yeah oh, um, then well that's
0: what triggered off the memory
1: yeah um yeah and i'd sort of uh heard mention of it on tumblr a few <laughs> years back um but never watched it and so this was the first time um and i watched it and thought it was great and i told alex to watch it and, and i watched it <laughs> Um, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think
0: on Tumblr it probably coincided with uh, the spoopy skeleton memes that were all the rage a few years back.
1: Yep, um, and it was about the same time as Gravity Falls as well, which I haven't seen either. But it's Oh
0: a- my gosh, I bet there's quite a lot of like Mabel and Greg fanfic like with their uh-huh. new friends. I'm gonna to have to research that afterwards. They're quite <laughs> similar and similarly adorable characters. Mm.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, as usual, this episode will be full spoilers. So suggest that you go and watch it first if you don't want that.
2: And do really watch it, like, because it is genuinely wonderful. <laughs> like, um, uh, yeah, it, I wasn't. I had no idea what to expect when it was kind of uh, recommended, and uh, yeah, I just thought I'd turn it on and it filled me with several bits of joy, um, which is really nice, uh, particularly from a horror thing.
1: <laughs> so the um, the narrator in the first episode introduces it as um, somewhere lost in the clouded annals of history lies a place that few have seen, a mysterious place called the unknown, where long forgotten stories are revealed to those who travel through the wood. Um and as I kind of suggest, the, the chapters in the stories are sort of fairly distinct and they seem to happen in different time periods and different styles, but they're all sort of threaded together by the woods. Um,
0: yeah, it's a kind of overlaid um, palimpsest. Is that how you say it? That's a proper academic word. Pal- palimpsest. Palimpsest. <laughs> That is how you say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of those. It's like an overlayered collage of American history. But it, it is all kind of ye olde, I guess. It's like yeah. Mark, Mark Twain.
1: Yeah, I'd say it kind of, sort of like 18th century to like early 20th century in different locations where they go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: And quite often mixed at the same time, like you get different, like like a palimpsest, you are getting different layers at the same time. So you're getting kind of jazz jazz from one era mixed with uh, like visuals from an entirely different thing and like a kind of sensation of a much Mm. older world than that um, at times. And so it's very hard to place when the kids come from, um, even when we do see that.
0: Yeah. And I think it's quite i mean this is a bit early to be giving anything away but i I was Mm. quite surprised uh when they come from a time period much closer to our own than i expected
1: Mm. yeah yeah because um you find out uh that they're dressed in halloween costumes but this (laughs) kind of um obscures um obscures what time they're from for quite a while so sort of Mm. just wearing these sort of odd fairy tale costumes um
0: and I guess the way they speak—that were sort of speaks like kind of romantic era poet, and Gregory sort of speaks in—I don't know, odd truisms or like—I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't quite know what how you'd how you describe Greg's speech patterns. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Very quite a particular way of speaking and singing half the time
0: yeah like he kind of speaks in like the kind of slogans you'd imagine on a packet of like
2: 19th century cough drops (laughs) 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 One of the things I like about him is that he kind of has a tendency to pick up phrases and things from other people. So he'll say something that someone else has said in like a very different tone and a very different situation. And it's really, I don't know, I, I like it. I like that kind of like trying yeah. to make sense of the world by picking up on what other people are saying. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. There's one particular bit where, uh, where uh, it's just like demanding like kind of run, 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 run. run. And then, like, Greg doesn't, because Greg doesn't do what Bert says very often, uh, but does some other stuff. And then a few moments later, Run does exactly the same run, and he's just going, run, 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 run. <laughs> and it's just, like, a statement of fact, as in, like, running, <laughs> I am running, <laughs> rather than a call for people to run. And like, things like that, I think, are really, really sweet about him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so they also have as their sort of companion uh she she has a bit ambiguous but um a bluebird called Beatrice who um halfway through the series reveals that she used to be a human um but after throwing a rock at a bluebird was cursed along with her whole family um to turn into birds um it turns out she's um when they beat her she's um she promises to take them to adelaide of the pasture the good lady of the woods Um, to help them find their way home. But uh, in Chapter 6, it turns out that Adelaide is a witch who wants a child servant um, in exchange for the embroidery scissors that will turn Beatrice and her family human again. And she's been leading them to that.
0: Um, And you can tell that Adelaide is a witch because... She has a giant Marzaki head like the witches in Spirited Away.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, both her and um uh Auntie Whispers are very uh, are very like the uh, the Spirited Away witches. Um,
0: yeah, like each episode I think is broadly based around um the style of a different Animation studio. So that episode is broadly the Studio ghibli episode. Um and you can tell because the kids have to do housework and Marzaki <laughs> is very keen on children doing hard labour around the house. <laughs> <laughs> um and then like uh one of the earlier episodes, um with the highwayman who is one of your favourites, right?
1: Oh, God, I love The Highwayman. <laughs> it's
0: very uh, much a Fleischer Studio, so Betty Boop tribute. So why, why do you like The Highwayman?
1: <laughs> it's just so odd. Um, I, I just... Because they, they go to a... They go to a kind of...
0: Tavern.
1: A, a tavern, like an early 18th century tavern. Approximately. Um <laughs>
0: Oh, I, I, I was totally believing your historical authority,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, and all the um, all the people in the tavern have jobs, and they're like, I'm the tailor, I'm the midwife, um, I'm the doctor, and then this, this guy is like standing on the stage and is, I'm the highwayman, and then let like, okay. <laughs> and then he launches into this, this bizarre little song. Um,
2: Quite dark little song as well.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's
0: almost like a murder ballad or something Tom yeah. Waits would sing.
1: Yeah, um, and it ends with just him. It
2: kind of, just kind of blurs back and forwards on the stage repeatedly throughout the whole. Yeah,
1: the, thing the animation the goes super. Ah. Uh, distorted and his sort of face like looms forward and then like slinks back and he kind of just sort of <laughs> shifts around the stage in this really odd way Um and it ends with him sort of making this like throat slitting gesture at <laughs> work
0: <laughs> yeah it, it, it's like a, a, a Betty Boop cartoon but somehow rendered in 3D but with 2D animation techniques which is impressive
1: yeah so- Um, Oh, it's just really hypnotizing. I just did you watch it it on repeat? Yeah, I did. I I got to that part in the episode, and then I was, and then I went to YouTube and just found that clip and watched it a few more times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, love that. I
2: really, I really like that episode in general, just because it did have lots and lots of little short songs that all told very, very odd narratives about what was going on in that tavern, like the are the, the kind of when, when they decide that uh, Wirt is the lover and that's his role <laughs> to take in the town and then decide to just base the entire economy of the town on the fact that there's going to be a wedding and it's all right, everyone's got a job, everyone's got a role to play. And, and getting Wurt married and getting this marriage to be like the ultimate celebration and like, it really does feel like that they finally found their purpose. <laughs> I love that.
1: It's work for all when little boys get married. (laughs) I, I I like the songs
0: are really perfectly pitched because they're sort of convincing as like 18th century ballads, but then they're always just slightly awkward, but not so awkward that they're not memorable. Like they're genuinely quite good songs, but then they're always just a little bit off or the phrasing is just a little bit bad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because quite a lot of them Greg makes up on the spot. Um, yeah, but,
0: he's always kind of singing ditties to himself.
1: Yeah. Mm. But I did but still. Got... I did have potatoes and molasses in my head for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: uh, I only spotted. Today, that at the very end, during like part of the climax, uh, one of the little bits of like choral dramatic music coming mm. is o, o Patatus et Molasses. <laughs> yes! <laughs> 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 That's great. It's, uh, it's a lovely touch. Um, and yeah, one of the things I thought about Greg is that like you notice it in the Adelaide song, and like even he spots it in the Adelaide song, is that like he's quite fond of doing that thing where it just like, a perfect rhyme scheme throughout and then just suddenly completely missing it and getting completely wrong rhythm on the last line and just kind of <laughs> reveling in it like uh, i like yeah. it I, <laughs> right. I mean i guess if we talk about
0: the dynamic between the two main characters that that's the main difference that greg has this attitude summed up by his ain't that just the way um <laughs> He, you know, he doesn't let stuff get him down and he, he, he's plucky and does his best. And whereas, obviously, Wirt is a bit of a worrywart and sort of agonises in great tortured poetry
2: um, about, you know, being lost in the woods and not knowing what to do. Yeah.
1: I really yeah. liked,
2: um, from going back and kind of watching again, like, the fact that they start off, like, immediately you've got Greg listing off a hundred names that would be a terrible name for a frog and were just completely out of nowhere, just launching into this enormous tirade about how awful the world is and how he's lost and at sea and, yeah, I don't know, just that kind of, like, over-poeticness. And it just, like, it sells them instantly as characters, but you've got no explanation for it. But you (laughs) do get that explanation as time goes on. And, yeah, I don't know. I like it.
1: Mm. Um yeah and the um the difference in their outlooks is um is quite key to the story as it goes on um because of the the plot about the woods and the elderwood trees and the beast um so we're introduced to the Edelwood trees in the first episode. Um, we meet the woodsman who grinds them for oil uh, he uses to keep his lantern lit. And he's kind of an ambiguous figure for most of the series. Cause he lives in, in the woods and they're always like very heavily shadowed and sort of the screens are very vignetted, um, when they're in the woods. Um, at one point work accuses him of being the beast himself, um, But it turns out he's actually sort of being controlled by the beast, or sort of being manipulated by the beast. Um, The woodsman he he believes that the soul of his daughter is kept in his lantern, and he must has to burn the elderwood trees for the oil that will keep it lit to keep her alive. Um, But we find out that the elderwood trees are people who've lost hope and died in the woods and so we kind of see their kind of twisted branches and gaping mouths and it's very i thought it was very um reminiscent of um in snow white um where she she runs away through the woods and they're all like clutching at her clothes um
0: i didn't notice that but yeah, I mean, it. obviously a lot of the animation harks back to early Disney So,
1: mm. um, so yeah, the woodsman's been grinding up these lost soul trees um, for years to feed the lantern that he carries through the woods um, and believing that he's been keeping his daughter alive but in fact, it's kind of the work realises right at the end that the spirit of the beast himself is alive in the lantern Um, and he's just been been feeding the beast Um,
0: so what is the beast (laughs) well philosophically speaking
1: Um, yeah any ideas
2: Uh, my standard, my stock answer is just capitalism. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that. Don't think that's necessarily the one here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, he he has antlers, right?
0: Yes, yes. He's a sort of tall, cowled figure with antlers, so mm. um, a bit, a bit like um, the forest spirit um, in Princess Mononoke. And um, albeit more obviously malevolent
2: mm. I, I caught there's a glimpse um of the beast in the uh in the flashing of the lantern right at the end, in which like mm. I thought I was seeing like a load of like kind of a mass of octopus tentacles rather than. Anything else, and was quite shocked by that. But it was just like half a glimpse. It might oh, have just wow, been like a so frame or so.
0: Semi subliminal image.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was there was definitely something there with those mm. with little round suckers and suction <laughs> on it. And I think that I think that the beast is this thing that kind of like gets caught on you and and stuck. Like the, the way that the trees kind of grow out of the uh, grow around people if they sleep too long or they stay too long or they lose hope is. Uh, yeah, mm. I think that that's that's a. Exactly what the beast is supposed to be throughout here. Yeah.
0: yeah, the the beast, perhaps. I don't say it, it you know, it, as pat as it represents depression, but I suppose uh, succumbing to despair.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's a, uh, some, somewhat similar to um, the swamp of sadness in Neverending Story. Um. For- you remember the, um, the memorably horrible scene where the, um, where the horse gets drowned in the swamp, um, because, uh, well, it says, uh, the quote is, is everyone knew that whoever let the sadness overtake it would sink into the swamp. Um, and I think it's kind of a similar idea with the, with the woods and the beast, um, they they get various warnings um from different people about um that they well they get a warning from the woodsman that they have to they have to not lose hope and they get warning from a, a woman in the um in the tavern as well um well, in the form of song um <laughs> <laughs> She says, she sings, once your will begins to spoil, he'll turn you into a tree of oil and use you in his lantern for to burn. Um, Well, that's uh,
0: nice. It's a nice potential misdirection because that does suggest the woodsman.
1: Mm. I think they're singing about the beast, though.
0: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. But
2: I can see how. Yeah. At that time in the story you hear that as being about the woodsman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But actually it's entirely accurate for the beast as well, because it is the the beast spirit in the in the lamp. So it's yeah, Mm. it's one of those nice things to catch on the second time round.
1: Um Yeah. Um
0: Although the Beast himself seems to be quite a happy fellow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um yeah he's um, you you hear him sort of singing in the woods um, singing quite jollily
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) saying all sorts of of fairly esoteric uh, morbid things like as as your life stream (laughs)
2: unquails and so forth
1: Yeah, which he, is, he's, is all a
2: bit goblin king from Labyrinth, actually. Oh honestly. yes, yeah, it is You've actually. Got a little, like, um, I can't remember the Tra-La-La line, but there is a Tra-La-La line.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, he sings a kind of hymn um, at one point. A kind of like he's kind of evangelising his his uh, his way. He has, he's like. Come, wayward souls, and wander through the darkness. There is a light for the lost and the meek. Sorrow and fear are easily forgotten when you submit to the soil of the earth. Um,
0: it makes yeah. it makes death sound pretty tempting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, if you've got the, if you've got him. Pretending that the the woodsman's daughter is in the lamp the whole time, then you have got this idea of grieving like quite heavily got pushed at by that, you know, this idea that you mm. that you must make sure not to like take the lives of others and lose your own life in the kind of like the misery of giving up that um, is quite natural in a mm. grieving process. Um, yeah, I, I read uh,
0: a, a blog article online by Krista Amira Calvo who um, writes uh, about Over the Garden Wall, children, death, and the mystery of the unknown, and argues that it's an uh, unusually death-positive children's mm-hmm. programme. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't decide if I agreed to that or not, um, because on one level it's all about not giving oneself over to death but at the same time death is situated as being part of the natural order of things and so in an early episode they obviously go to a uh, a village of pumpkin heads um who seem to be engaged in some kind of um midsummer ritual perhaps or it's, harvest um, ritual
1: yes it's a, it's a husking bee which is a natural event where people husk corn together
0: ah nice
1: mm. yeah um, <laughs>
0: That seemed to me vaguely reminiscent of the Wicker Man, I suppose, is what (laughs) I immediately thought of. And it turns out that... uh, Because as we all know, um, pumpkins can't spring to life and dance around. Uh, They need some kind of animating principle, which turns out to be skeletons. Because as Tumblr (laughs) (laughs) lets us all know, the skeleton is inside you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Memento Mori.
0: (laughs) Um, And... The, the the um yeah skeletons are uh, all quite quite happy being being and uh dance around uh quite merrily and um and Wart decides that he doesn't wanna stay in this place and take take their leave of them and then he's uh informed by the chief skeleton pumpkin head like uh, don't worry you every you all come to us in the end or something. <laughs> um, yeah.
2: I I could make an argument for that episode in particular being death positive because they are having like quite a good party in there. Like, (laughs) it's only the misunderstanding of there being some living people there that leads to any fuss. And actually, all they do is ask to help them, you know, dig up some more graves, but not in their nasty way.
0: There was quite a dark moment, obviously, in the series because Walt thinks that, yeah, they're digging their own graves to.
2: To presumably be killed and buried in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mafia style. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely around that point that I was starting to think about the fact that, like, the, the show is incredibly dark and has a lot of really savage and, like, haunting and, like, genuinely threatening images. But because of the pace that it's got, it, it never lingers long enough to actually be scary. Like, it ver- like it doesn't do It just immediately moves on to the next thing in a way that I think kind of makes it quite safe and quite friendly, while still having this kind of core of real genuine horror, which I quite liked. Yeah, yeah. that's a nice way of putting it.
1: Um, when you mentioned that to me, Alex, and then I, I sort of made a... On my second watch, I kind of jotted down some of these, some of those sort of moments that I noticed. Um, is there, like, in the, um, the Quincy Endicott episode, where they go to a manor grand manor house to try and get some money to ride the ferry and um they meet Uncle Quincy Endicott who believes that he's seen a ghost voiced by John Cleese voiced by John Cleese um oh which um as well as Adelaide (laughs) Adelaide also voiced by John Cleese (laughs) um slight digression but I did I was actually thought it was really good um and I was kind of surprised because Yeah, because
2: it's it's easy to be quite disappointed in John Cleese these days. Yeah. It was definitely good uh to not notice that it's John Cleese and not be suddenly overwhelmed by that, that presence <laughs> yes. in the narrative.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um Um and Tim Curry as well as Auntie Whispers. What <laughs> 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 I yeah. knew
2: I should have looked up the cast list on IMDb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, classically stealing the scene entirely, uh, Uh as he is incapable of not doing. Um, Yeah. Oh, Auntie Whispers made me shiver. Her mouth, like the kind of like black gooey kind of mass of her mouth was genuinely haunting. Um, And sucking the marrow out of a tiny dark turtle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm very happy that that's Tim Curry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so what What was
0: the moment in the uh, John Cleese oh, of the Manor yeah. episode?
1: There's um, a bit where, um, I don't know what they're talking about, but he talking about his money or something, and he sort of looks down and he goes... The things these filthy hands have done to make this money—not <laughs> 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 followed up on. Just
0: <laughs> that's the um, dark nature of capitalism. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and um, and Adelaide, when um, when she captures uh, Greg and Wirt, um she she just sort of throws off. their once I fill their heads with wool, they become just like little sheep. <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, I, d- I did write that line down because
0: that's very other mother from Coraline. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> and also Auntie whispers, uh, telling Lorna to her uh, sort of step daughter to to sort the bones of the people who've been eaten in the house before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but it's very have the- a hobby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's very much this sort of fairy tale darkness, though, where mm. it's quite matter of fact that these dark aspects are just part of this world mm. and you don't get too caught up on them, as you said, Alex, that they're just sort of another part of the rich tapestry of life.
1: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um. um.
0: Do you think would you have liked it as a kid? Do you think, Ren?
1: Um Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I would. Mm. Um mm.
2: I would have I would have loved it. Um I've uh I kind of grew up uh with uh my dad uh making the family listen to like uh constant dream of uh Gershwin and Cole Porter musicals and kind Ah. of like old Mm. trad jazz and like particular kinds of music that like definitely set me up for this show to be like absolutely like just hitting me right in the buttons all of the time (laughs) um (laughs) uh, yeah still my favorite moment is the in uh, Lullaby in Frogland where they've just got just the song on the steamboat with the frog and the bassoon and like (laughs) everything is just absolutely perfect about that scene (laughs) and just the kind of that like it's a big like character moment for Wer, as he realizes that people actually might want to hear him play the clarinet <laughs> um uh and yeah and seeing uh the frog who's george washington at that point uh uh let loose with like incredibly sweet singing voice and just this beautiful like slightly haunting theme uh, Name checking the whole series and just yeah, it's a really good centerpiece in there, and it's mm. it's it's very me. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah.
1: mm.
0: So should we talk a bit about about how things are resolved? Yeah, as in as in the spoiler. <laughs>
1: um yeah so do you want to go gene
0: no no um <laughs> by, by, by all means uh you're, you're, you're good at you're better at explaining plot than i am
1: <laughs> you say that um then i i've um my mind's sort of gone blank um
2: um, so, Same. what are we talking about? Are we talking about the Into the Unknown episode, or the actual the actual finale where it yeah. loops back? Um, I guess you uh... need to do both, don't you? Because uh, yeah, so basically, uh, there comes a time when all hope is lost, effectively, and yeah, the, the the scenes got pretty nasty actually in the woods itself, and so we just pop to a separate episode, pop to an episode where. We're in the real world and kind of before the start of the show happens.
0: Of the nineteen eighties.
2: Yeah. Well yeah. or
1: seventies?
2: Maybe seventies. Or, or later. Or later. Why oh, I don't know. Why didn't, didn't she have a tape player? She oh, a tape that's player. a good that is a good I point. I totally think Wert is anachronistic enough to still be <laughs> making mixtapes with Ooh. clarinets and poetry, like right to this day. <laughs> yeah, that's a good
1: point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Um,
2: but yeah so in the modern in the modern era we see that Wert's actually pining for uh a girl at school who is the school mascot and yeah. uh yeah it's halloween and uh the cops are trolling all of the kids and uh,
1: <laughs> uh, uh-huh. uh
2: greg is just doing everything possible to su- to support work in uh getting together <laughs> with uh is it sarah yeah um and a word is like absolutely not having any of it and just failing at every turn and blaming (laughs) greg and uh generally i mean i presume it would be awful if anyone like hears your kind of mixtape of clarinet and poetry um, at that (laughs) age like i don't i do think he's got a genuine reason to be scared
0: um, Although <laughs> Wirt is quite the clarinet player, has it. Well. Yeah, I
1: guess we I do. I mean know he that. just like whipped out that bassoon playing, you know. <laughs> like he didn't <laughs> he didn't even know how to play the bassoon. So he's probably some kind of clarinet prodigy. Must uh, be. Yeah. Must
2: be. <laughs> <laughs> Woodwind extraordinaire.
1: Yeah. Um, um But yeah, I think this is kind of part of the sort of the theme of showing sort of Wirt's character about how he kind of gives up on the idea of asking Sarah out um sort of without even trying as he hears that Jason Funderburker is is going to ask her out and then he, he just gives up and I think that's kind of sort of ties in with when he just kind of gives up in the woods um even despite um, the fact that Jason Thunderberger talks like this. <laughs> yeah. Jason Thunderberger has uh, an <laughs> interesting voice. <laughs> 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 uh, um
0: So Sarah Sarah um and Jason Thunderberger and Co. go off um for an age-appropriate um juice party uh in the cemetery
1: yes um and they they are actually drinking juice um, oh yeah that, that yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and um sort of work kind of sneaks along kind of trying to trying to get his tape back without letting them see them see him um
2: uh, and Despite uh, having a very heavily laden hint that he should definitely be there from Zara. <laughs> <laughs> and a very um, pointy hat. Yeah.
1: Um but um they see him and um then the uh the cops come into the graveyard and say, Oh, yeah, kids, yeah, you're all under arrest and um and so they start running away and they not say, like, Oh no, we're joking but um they, they run but yeah
0: um, as cop pranks go uh it just ends in misery <laughs> and, and pain.
1: <laughs> yeah um and they um they climb over this wall which is um the garden wall of the title um uh because the the graveyard's called the eternal garden um and um fall over onto the other side um it's an oncoming train. Um depending on how you feel about the series as a whole, they maybe die. <laughs> <laughs> they,
2: they definitely go underwater for long enough to kill a couple of children.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They roll down a, a hill, uh land in the lake, um and then right sort of at the end they're they're dredged up out of this lake again. Um but um, it's it's yeah. quite
2: odd how that happens as well because it is because you can jump from that moment to the very beginning of the show and it follows on exactly you know you've got mm. that that's you've, that's where you have Greg finding the frog and deciding that his next quest is to find a name for the frog and yeah. you've got Wirt having this kind of like dark dark graveyard of the soul and uh, mm-hmm. getting incredibly upset and he starts immediately soliloquizing about like How awful that is. Um, but in this moment it kind of jumps into like the nest of the bluebird family that Beatrice has left behind. So it took me a while to notice that it had kind of jumped to Mm. the present of the story at that point. Um, Mm. the present in the unknown at that point, and I was wondering whether they'd just fallen into a Mm. tree somehow. And it took me a while to realise that the time shifts back.
0: And yeah. We see them wake up in this hospital bed but then um, there's the intimation that this journey was real. It's a, bit, it's a bit like Narnia in that sense I suppose.
1: Yeah, it has the sort of thing where they've carried something back from this other possibly dreamlike world, um, which is the um, Auntie Whispers Bell in this case um, which um, she uses to um, control Lorna who it has a, has a, a demon inside her. Um, but, uh, the frog, who is eventually named Jason Thunderburker, um, <laughs> because Greg wants work to name the frog, and all through the series, Greg's giving the frog different names, but the, it's only officially named once Work names him. Um, uh, yeah, Jason Thunderburker swallows the bell, um, and, Hello at the end. Me. <laughs> Yeah, Um, and um, yeah, and in in the end, the frog has the bell inside him in the hospital one. Um, um,
2: The frogs also got the stockings that were being put on him by his manager. uh, Oh
1: yeah, which
2: feels like a very odd point to bring back at that moment. But suddenly, (laughs) suddenly to have a top bat and. And stopping uh-huh. on the frog in the real world is an odd, odd one. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I think it's doing this David
0: Lynch thing, like, World of heart, or especially like the most recent season of Twin Peaks, where it's not trying to say that one's reality and one's fantasy, that mm. they're both meant to have equal credence or equal levels of reality. So you know, we see things wrap up in the fantasy world, um, with Beatrice transformed back into a human, etc. Mm. I, I don't think this is meant to not exist per se, or if it, you know, it has just as much value, or uh, truth, or existence as the what we'd consider to be the real world.
1: Hmm. Well, like when um when like the kids are walking into the graveyard, um they're like they're chatting about um i don't i don't have the exact quote here but they but they say they're saying something like sarah's like oh but you know should reality be decided by what humans can can imagine or yeah, something yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so they, i think no, no of...
2: you're limiting the possibility of human imagination is the, is the, is the, is the, <laughs> yeah. the unusual comeback there
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think that's a little nod to sort of how we should consider the reality of the of the unknown part um
0: radically pluralistic
2: (laughs) (laughs) i think it's definitely all true (laughs) yeah i'm willing to i'm willing to commit to that um i don't know about the rest yeah of the world but yeah no it all it all has a lot of truth in it uh in a way that pleases me quite a lot um one of my little geeky like again freeze framing and looking at a thing spotting <laughs> was that one of the grave the gray stone that were hides behind uh when spying on sarah and everybody and jason funderberger's uh terrible sleazy ghost story uh, is the grave of quincy Endercott. <laughs> oh. yes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um yeah um so there's there's definitely a there's definitely an argument to be made that the unknown is a a kind of afterlife. Um, if you fancy making that argument, um, because, and there's also like when, um, when the train's coming towards them, you sort of, uh, here, there's a, there's a snatch of a, a Woody Guthrie song, um, it's where the train is representing death, and it sort of comes for everyone in the end um mm. so there's a lot of there's a lot of references to death it's <laughs> 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 what I'm saying um
2: and i mean i'd be i don't want to go full lost on anyone, but like i would be I would understand a reading of it that painted the unknown as being a purgatory and actually the hospital being a heaven where everyone's reunited, and things have worked out perfectly. Um although yeah, I don't like that reading, but I could mm. I could understand it being made and like the the yeah. case is definitely there. Um, it's, well, it's a bit like
0: the argument you see online about my neighbor Totoro and Totoro being a deaf spirit and that um the two children that um May does actually drown in the lake in the film. Hmm. I mean, I don't think Mm. Miyazaki necessarily wants us to think that that's what's happened, but I can understand how you'd come to that conclusion.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um,
0: If you're a goth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shall we do our textures of the week?
2: Oh my gosh! Yes. Um, I- can I jump? Can I jump in before?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Please.
2: <laughs> can I just say? I just want to say that the animators in this show like love dogs. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's really clear because they make the most like perfectly immaculate observation about dog movements that I've ever seen in anything. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Like there's one like the way the first the first ain't that just the way where Greg has turned an evil monster into a friendly dog that's yeah. gonna be his best friend forever and the way that dog slopes off is mm. perfect <laughs> like, absolutely <laughs> that is a dog sloping away and then in the episode in the school like all of the animals are kind of tucked up in bed and then the last dog
1: oh it just, just like, sort of curls up, up
2: on the bed, the bed. But does that, like, walks around, does a little circle around before curling up? Like They just have to inspect the whole space, and it's just like that is 100% what Charlie does when he decides (laughs) he's going to curl up in a ball somewhere. And even, like, um, uh, the third one of these was, uh, for me, was uh, in Greg's Dreamland, where they Mm. briefly see the fourth welcoming committee that is just an enormous sour faced dog with a over its head. like even Charlie like that ha- who I think when may be able to testify is like one of the happiest dogs you will ever meet like when Charlie's just looking sadly up at you it is the <laughs> saddest thing and that 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 image just conveyed that perfectly so <laughs> I just want to say they're <laughs> good at dogs
1: <laughs> oh that's that's good um this is why we have guests in the show to um <laughs> talk about things like dogs that uh yeah,
2: yeah it's that, that outside of my realm?
1: outside of our um <laughs> not, not i wasn't
2: much. gonna let it go with you just <laughs> once again uh, forwarding your only cat's agenda
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah yeah important um, important
2: well actually on on the cat agenda front, I do really love like uh, w- one of my favorite moments in the kind of flash into uh like kind of our world or the modern world um uh the reference like the the guy standing outside the party saying oh, yeah. uh and there's of course there's lots of other ball games you know one old cat, two old cat stool ball <laughs> <laughs> um, just that cat that Jump back to Two Old Cats, the game that you assumed was made up by Greg on the spot. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Which is where you, you find one old cat and then you find another old cat. And you <laughs> <the end.
2: laughs> um. don't know what happens next because that cat was too old for Two Old Cats. <laughs> uh, I'm sure
0: over the Garden Wall conventions, this game is much played. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Right.
0: right.
1: Extra
2: Extra of the, of the weed. Weed.
0: It's quite an ambient one, that one.
2: <laughs> I forgot I was supposed to sing, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you really sang fine, you sang fine.
2: <laughs>
1: Um, who wants to go first? Um, um,
2: I, I want to jump in and get the highwayman's face before yeah. anyone else tries to. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, what, no. what is that te- like
2: elastic flesh? Just that... It, I mean, you know, it's one of those things that you can only really do animated, where it kind yeah. of like maintains coherency throughout the whole thing, but just different elements swell forward and kind of push and kind of suck at each other, and it's just... It's just very vivid, and like with that kind of like Cab Calloway backing, it's just so yeah, just very evocative. And Mm. I found it quite disturbing and quite unsettled. Uh, Yeah, and I like to think that I'm old enough to deal with uh, uh, songs about highwaymen, (laughs) 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 but apparently not when they've got a face like that. Mm. Um, But no, it was just yeah just a strong overwhelming kind of like texture of <laughs> movement and yeah i like i like that
0: I, I i i found the um well actually i think the the texture that y- you won't know ren but in the uh pilot over mm. the garden wall they they meet a man can can you remember his name alex
2: oh i wrote it down <laughs> Give me one moment. it's a man a man made out wrong. of vegetables He was called John Crops. (laughs) old John
0: Crops. He was a a humble man uh, um, and a man of vegetables. And he had a vegetable car, um, which had very satisfying... Because it looked really sturdy, like a car should be, but also really kind of wet and engorged. (laughs) like i don't
2: know it was yeah, yeah. I, I got i like sitting in that must have been the most unpleasant thing like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, there's, there's a vivid texture as they all climb into this like <laughs> lump of watermelon flesh and, like, into them. but they all seem quite happy yeah
1: yeah
2: happy. <laughs> i thought when you mentioned that episode actually i thought you were going to actually say john crops's voice uh, which oh. i love because it's kind of it has a sound effect that makes it sound as if it's been run through like a, an old 78 record or recorded yes, into yeah, an old radio which is just such a oh it's a lovely little detail and yeah the sort of thing that yeah I right, it was one of the reasons why i particularly enjoyed that little mm. bonus short episode which i recommend digging up um how, how about you ren um
1: so i was gonna say the the shoots of the edelwood tree um growing around Wirt and Greg, um, oh. when they're, <laughs> when no, they're Oh, you're over. such a
0: morbid chap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I have, I have, a, I have a happy one as well. Okay. Kind of, which is, um, <laughs> um, Greg's eyes, like popping through the skin of the drum like, yeah, <laughs> on, on, on the paddle steamer when he, he has the drum on his head and then his eyes just kind of pop through. Pop
2: through, just entirely inexplicable. As yeah. as, like, from that moment on, Greg is a drum, yeah. <laughs> hitting himself in the face to kind of make sure that the song goes on. And like, yeah, I, yeah, I did like his demands. Uh, hit me, hit me
1: in the face. Drum me in the face. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh. Um, also, like the other, another moment in that scene is the, like the the how upset the frogs are at the absence of a bassoon. Oh yeah, <laughs> and the way they waggle their tongues yeah. <laughs> and kind of distress at it. And, yeah. There's
1: a whole yeah, a whole paddle steamer full of um, dressed-up frogs just sort of wailing and stamping their feet so the fact they don't get to hear the bassoon,
2: um, which is hot, hot quite. Hot Those frogs really love the bassoon. <laughs> <laughs> Down there.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, um oh any other general observations um well, well just because
2: we mentioned that, I just want to continue like I just love a frog chorus i I do love a frog chorus, um it's one of my greatest faults in many ways, uh but yeah just the perfection of that 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 scene and how beautiful it, it is and like the the kind energy of going down that thing and then the end of that episode being like the kind of like complete breakdown of uh the group as uh, uh beatrice betrays everyone uh, yeah i don't know it's it's wonderful you think it's very special sure
0: i heard fragments of that
1: <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> But I'm oh, sure. I'm, I'm sure
0: when I listen to the edit, I will be moved by the profundity of your
1: statements. <laughs> yeah, oh, the the, the quality has not been great. Um,
0: no, I think we we struggled through. And
1: uh, <laughs> um, I just wanted to give like a little like, oh, it's Melanie Lisinski who's in Heavenly Creatures. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, little what? Melanie Linsky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who, who's she voicing? She, she, uh, Beatrice. Oh. But she's not. She's not using her, her um, New Zealand accent. So. <laughs> oh wow. You wouldn't know it was her. But, no. Yeah. Well, no, that, that, that's
2: good because
0: she's very good in Heavenly Creatures, and mm. I haven't seen her in much. Si- I know she has done things since,
2: but. Mm. Um. She's very good in this too. Like I think that Beatrice is a great performance of someone like mm. like I don't know. Watching the second time round and like pulling off like being quite mean to work like, <laughs> in quite valid ways. Um, and yeah, I think yeah, I, I like Beatrice a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Even though the second time around, I was trying to kind of hate her for for <laughs> the betrayal. Like yeah, it, it just felt it, it felt more justified than I would have expected. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: mm. um, yeah, by that performance.
1: Yeah, I don't think she she really knew what she was doing. Yeah. Um, mm, um. And yeah.
0: And there's an odd joke at the end that because her mum has been a bluebird for quite a while, she keeps calling food dirt.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not convinced bluebirds eat dirt. But yeah, that whole thing is quite strange. Right?
0: <laughs> but I I did like Wurt eating his dirt when when asked by. I...
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um.
2: At the moment of eating leaves at the end, as well, is quite a nice line. It's like that because it's quite a horrific moment when people go, Oh, gosh, like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, no, you, you've the trees have started growing through you and you're spitting out <laughs> leaves. It's like, Nah, I was just eating leaves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I
0: watched this with my sister, and that, yeah, really floored my sister.
1: Made late. <laughs> um, yeah, we hadn't heard any, any Phoebe.
0: Um Ma'am. oh she she just Phoebe comments. Phoebe comments mostly that she just really loved Greg, basically. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Especially yes, the the revelation that Greg wears a teapot on his head as part of a elephant costume.
1: <laughs> yeah. And she said
0: she really also liked uh Wirt's comment that his uh, his secrets are too secret to divulge. <laughs> <laughs> Um uh,
1: Right, should we do credits? Yeah. Um do you want to tell people where they can find you, Alex?
2: Uh so I am uh Alex Ava and you'll find me on Twitter at Alabaster C um and Instagram at alabastercrippins and uh in Hebden Bridge occasionally, although it'll probably be a bit weird if you show up and just say, I heard you on that podcast. Um and just have to find me first. <laughs>
1: Oh, um, our intro music's by Maki Yamazaki, our outro music's by Joe Kelly, and our artwork's by Letty Wilson, and you can find us on Twitter at stillscaredpod or email us at stillscaredpodcast at gmail.com although we've yet to have a real genuine person do that
0: What does that mean?
1: Oh, it's just been like adverts and like well, who... you,
0: you know, you don't know. Like, bots are pretty advanced now. They can listen too.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, he- well, hello, all our bot listeners. I hope you enjoyed it. Um...
0: Hello, bot listeners. <laughs> so- sorry. Don't mock them. No, yeah, go ahead, right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, All yeah, right, They've got um... the Russian
0: government on their side.
1: <laughs> sorry, bots. Um, I've, I've decided I'm just going to like, stop tormenting you by trying to make what? you come up with a sign-off on the spot. Oh, ain't man, that I've just got...
2: the way? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's what I was going to do! I was gonna oh, Alex, too quick!
1: <laughs> no, no! Foiled! <laughs> ain't that just the way, spooky kids? <laughs> oh, ain't that just like way? Oh. Ain't that just the way? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. 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 Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs>